Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this podcast, I'm going to talk about big threes. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, not Ice Cube's big three basketball league, but I'm going to talk about some of the greatest big threes in NBA history. My own personal top 10 big threes. And what I'm going to do is while I won't compare the eras because obviously players played in different eras and there may be some big threes that I did not even see. I'll talk more about the players, their accomplishments together and why I have them ranked where I have them ranked. And if you disagree, Feel free to hit me up in the comment section. So sit back, relax. I'll drop the theme music and we'll get the podcast jumping. Let's get it. Welcome back. As I mentioned in the intro, uh, we're talking about big threes. Now, one thing that I've found about talking about big threes in the NBA is that a lot of NBA fans (laughs) at the mere mention of big threes, they lose their mind. (laughs) The haters come out, everything. And I don't think sometimes people can speak objectively because of their fandom. Um, You know, it's I've always said, like, you don't necessarily have to be a fan of a team to appreciate their greatness and what they bring to the game. And that goes for the players as well. You know, you may not be a. Michael Jordan fan, you may not be a Kobe fan, you may not be a Magic Johnson fan or Larry Bird fan, but you can still appreciate their greatness and what they brought to the game. Um, That said, you know, the term big three probably in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years uh, has been synonymous with, you know, controversy, if you will, uh, NBA finals and finals appearances and teams legacies and dynasties and ring talk and all of this other stuff it it is the fodder that you know uh i've always said that like if there's a a slow sports day slow news day in the sports world start talking about big threes (laughs) or you start talking about legacies or you start talking about lebron versus jordan or, or that type of thing so those will always spark the conversation I welcome any conversation, uh, you know, and I, I employ anybody who listens to this podcast. If there's somebody I left out of my big three, I mean, again, now this is my personal top 10. Uh, there's no <laughs> scientific study or data to back this up. This is my personal top 10. If you have an issue with it, I don't care, but. I do welcome feedback. (laughs) Uh, Nonetheless, I think 
I would venture to say that looking at this list that I have here, if you came up with your own big three, I think most of these teams would and these players would fall on your list uh, somewhere. Now, we we all may not agree as to where you would put them, but I think they should be on most lists. So I feel pretty confident in that. So, uh, again, I welcome all feedback. Um, I don't care if you disagree, but <laughs> I welcome all feedback. Uh, and again, this is not based on, you know, who had the most rings or who had the most all-star games or anything like that. Uh, so I'm going to start off with number 10, Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, and Tom Heinsohn from the Boston Celtics. Um, now this, <laughs> I guess you could really say that this was the original big three, uh, together, Russell, Cousy, and Heinsohn, you know, they were dominant. They were a dominant trio in the 60s. Um, they won six championships in seven years. Uh, you know, honestly, I could have them ranked at number one. They're going to come in at number 10 on my list. Um, but they were, I mean, if we're being honest, they were surrounded by several other skilled players. Uh, and in they And also they were in a league with lesser team and far less talent. So should that be a knock on them? It probably shouldn't, but I can't, especially not having seen them. I mean, like, you know, this team dominated in the 60s. I wasn't around. <laughs> I wasn't around in the 60s. I'm old. I ain't that old. Um, but uh, but yeah, still nonetheless, and I mean, obviously, Bill Russell is by far one of the greatest uh Arguably, I mean, some will say Bill Russell's the greatest, you know, player, NBA player of all time. I mean, 11 championships. You can't argue with 11 championships. I don't care how many teams they were playing against. He still has 11 rings. Uh, he was so not only great on the court, but he was great off the court with his uh, social activism in the face of bigotry in Boston and across this country. So, you know, salute to Bill Russell. Uh, he is, you know. He is the epitome of, you know, a true man. So I, 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 there's no disrespect at all by putting them at 10. Honestly, I did not see them. So most of what I know is from film and just history and historical standpoint. And then also uh, talking to my father who watched them. But uh, again, six championships in seven years. Can't beat that. Uh, all three of them are Hall of Famers. Again, Bill Russell, arguably the greatest NBA player of all time. They come in at number 10. Number nine. The Boston Celtics own Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen. This collection of three from the late 2000s, I think, if I'm not mistaken... And maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the first time that I had ever heard of a group referred to as a big three. And I think the reason behind that is, be, and again, there were, and you'll see from this list, there were other big threes that came before them. But I think the reason part, 
of the reason why people refer to them as a big three is because, you know, unlike the team that I just mentioned with Russell Cousy and Tom Heinsohn, um, you know, those guys were drafted together. So they were drafted by the Celtics and they came up with the Celtics and they stayed with the Celtics for most of their careers, if not all. Um, wherein Paul Pierce was drafted by the Celtics and was a Celtic for life. Uh, well, I mean, he played with other teams, but he'll always be known as a Celtic. But he was drafted by the Celtics. And then Kevin Garnett came via trade. And Ray Allen, I think, came via trade as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they weren't homegrown talent, if you will. And I think that's why people started referring to them as a big three, not only because they were three you know, talented players, but, you know, it wasn't homegrown. And, you know, that's why people kind of started referring to them like that. I think I'm not sure. But uh, other than that, I mean, they were a phenomenal talent. Um, I think this collection of big three, even though they may have been the first ones to, quote unquote, form a big three or form a, quote unquote, super team, because <laughs> that word gets thrown around a lot nowadays too. Uh, the super team. Um, yeah, man. I mean, in the late 2000s, it, it, they were tough. I mean. Paul Pierce at small forward, Kevin Garnett at center, Ray Allen at shooting guard. I mean, it was really on a night-to-night basis, pick your poison. I mean, Paul Pierce, a.k.a. the truth, you couldn't stop him. Uh, he had the you know the mid-range game. Kevin Garnett, you know, would kill you on the defensive end, and then he offensively he was in his prime. He was unstoppable, uh, you know, back to the basket, big man that could step out, shoot the jumper. Uh, Ray Allen – I mean, one of the greatest three-point shooters that the NBA has ever seen. Uh, you know, they were able to put it all together and defeat uh, a Kobe Bryant-led NBA team in the NBA Finals. Um, and then they got back to the Finals, uh, I think it was two years later, and uh, forced them to seven games. So, you know, I think this was an incredible big three. Uh, I... <laughs> As much as I hate the Celtics, <laughs> uh, I enjoy watching them play together, man. They 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 really, really shine, the three of them. Uh, I think the only thing that really didn't work in their favor was that uh, they weren't, at the time that they formed, they were on the downside of their careers as far as, uh, you know, I think Kevin Garnett might have been on the back end of his prime, but he was still great. And I think what they were able to do was they were able to come together and they didn't have to have, uh, you know, monster performances by, uh, you know, any particular individual. But, uh, you know, on a, on a given night, Ray Allen could fill it up and drop 35 on you. Same for, for KG and same for Paul Pierce. So you just never knew what, you know, one of the three you, you – <laughs> I guess the best way I can describe it, you you wanted to try to contain at least two of the big three, but you knew on a night to night basis you were gonna get 30, 30 plus points, you know, from one of them. And God forbid there was a night where every the three of them went off. You you were really at that particular time in the NBA, you were at their mercy. But a uh, great team nonetheless. Again, one championship, uh, but a great championship nonetheless. 
uh, they come in at number nine for me. Number eight, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, and LeBron James. Um, this big three, man, I think, wow, it is, it's really kind of unfortunate that I have them at eight for them. Um, but I think you could make a case that you could move them higher. You can make a case that you could actually move them a little lower. Um, this was actually LeBron's, you know, return home. And, um, you know, Cleveland is, it's funny to me when I look at this particular big three and I think about Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers as a whole, you know, before, uh, LeBron came back. Well, actually, before LeBron even got there. Um, and I've said this before on, on previous podcasts, and I've said it before on the Dead End Sports Podcast. Uh, I've been watching the NBA since 1980, and <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers sucked for most of my life. <laughs> so, you know, prior to LeBron getting there, they weren't relevant. I mean, like, they had a couple of good years here and there. They challenged the Bulls a couple of times. But, um, you know, they weren't a threat to anybody. And um, so really to see them put it together with LeBron, um, well, Kyrie was there. And uh, LeBron obviously leaves Miami, comes back home to Cleveland, uh, and then they acquire Kevin Love via trade. And, um, you know, that version of the big three, man, was incredible. Um they 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 weren't together, relatively speaking, as long probably as they would have liked, obviously, because, you know, subsequently Kyrie left and, uh, you know, then LeBron left <laughs> again. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, if if for nothing else, they bought a championship to Cleveland and that will never you, you can you can't ever underscore that. And in doing that. They beat a team that was a juggernaut that had them down 3-1. This team was, you know, had won 73 games that particular season, an NBA record. And so, you know, there was a lot of drama. There was a lot of, you know, stuff that surrounded this. A lot of, I don't want to say drama, maybe some, I don't know. To be honest, I don't really know how to put it because we don't know what the dynamic was between LeBron and Kyrie. Uh, you know, but, um, you know, they, they competed and I think, you know, if they had stuck together, who knows, they would have probably won more, but I mean, getting to the finals, um, they got to the finals, what, twice. Uh, and then they again, beat, uh, the juggernaut, the golden state warriors. So, um, you know, and they, I think with the, the first finals that they got to that they lost, you know, they lost love and they lost, obviously, Kyrie after game one. So uh, you never know how that series would have gone. But um, obviously, when you think about that particular big three, the key component is LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James arguably is the greatest player. I think he's the greatest player of his generation. You could make a case and some have made the case that he's the greatest player to ever play. I ain't going that far, but. He's right there. <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's phenomenal, and um, what they were able to accomplish. I think coming back from being down three one and winning uh, that title, I think that just speaks volumes, you know, to LeBron. And I mean, obviously, LeBron put the team on his back, and Kyrie hit the game winning shot in Game Seven on the road. I mean, you can't ask for much more, and they they took out the juggernaut. So, um, you know. Love them or hate them, man. They're right there at number eight. Number seven. San Antonio Spurs. Manu Ginobili. Tony Parker. Tim Duncan. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> I know when I said San Antonio Spurs, most of you probably just kind of yawned. Yeah. The Spurs, not exciting. You know, you don't see a lot of alley-oops. <laughs> you don't see a lot of crossovers. You don't see a lot of three-pointers in your face. You don't see any shimmying. You don't see any dancing or talking trash. Um, you just see pick and roll. You see Manu Ginobili always going left. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Ginobili ever went right. He, he may have gone right to the basket. Uh, five times in his career <laughs> and everybody always let him go left um tony parker doing his thing uh and you know of course tim duncan shooting the uh <laughs> the bank shots <laughs> off the glass big fundamentals as shaq would call him um i think it goes without saying that this is the most boring big three that's on this list uh, nonetheless, they were successful, man. They were a weld oil machine led by Greg Popovich. Um, Pop arguably is one of the greatest, if not the greatest NBA coach, uh, of all time. Uh, some will put him up there. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, first and foremost, there was a, the thing that I think you have to respect about San Antonio is that for the longest time, there was a knock on the NBA was that the NBA did not want to see small market teams win. And, you know, I remember Ray Allen in Milwaukee, uh, I think in early 2000s when he was playing with Milwaukee, he even mentioned the fact that he alluded to the fact that he thought the NBA was conspiring to keep <laughs> small market teams out of their finals uh and at that particular time he was playing for a small market team in milwaukee um but the spurs did it man they put san antonio on the basketball map uh this particular big three they won five championships and six finals appearances and i mean to be honest they were threat year in and year out i think this team this these duncan led teams they must have won 50 games like i don't know 14 15 years in a row i mean like the Spurs, man, they weren't going anywhere. And they were there, you know, up until the time that Duncan retired a few years ago at the time of this recording. But, um, you know, it wasn't flashy, but they flat out got it done. And, you know, Tim Duncan, obviously, is a certified Hall of Famer. Manu Ginobili, I'm pretty sure, will go into the Hall of Fame. I would not be surprised if Tony Parker makes it to the Hall of Fame. Uh, but, you know, the staple of success. And they were consistent. And I think 
they were probably as close to what you would see from a big three that you would see probably in the early 80s and 90s when it wasn't free agency like that where team where players weren't jumping around from team to team so you know like them or hate them uh you gotta you know you 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 gotta you gotta give them their respect because they got it done and again they were consistent and I, i don't think that that should ever go unrecognized so uh, shout out to the Spurs. Big three coming in at number seven. Number six. Miami Heat. Chris Bosh. Dwayne Wade. LeBron James. Um, <laughs> This is probably the most talked about maybe the most polarizing uh, big three uh, on the list um you may or may not disagree <laughs> but uh yeah th- this this big three was special man I mean I think one thing that people tend to forget just from a um, financial standpoint, they all took less money to make this happen. Uh, while I remember people being extremely upset with you know LeBron leaving, not just leaving Cleveland the way that he left Cleveland via the quote unquote the decision, but I remember people being upset with LeBron saying that he should not have left his team to go play with other players. Sound familiar. (laughs) So, but in his defense, LeBron was a free agent. And while you may not, and I said this at the time, I said it on Dead End Sports, while you may not like his decision, he was a free agent. Now, the thing that made it that much different from other times is that we had never seen a free agent of this magnitude, the best player in the game, leave his team to go play somewhere else and to team up with other stars. Uh, to create a big three or a super team. (laughs) Uh, Nonetheless, you know, the scrutiny was there. You know, they come out to this, you know, pep rally, I guess, at their arena, introducing the three of them. And, you know, LeBron says they're not going to win two or three championships. They're going to win four, not five, not six. not. I mean, he's going on and on. We remember it. Um, but, uh, you know, love him or hate him. This team was must see TV. When anytime the Heat were on TV, uh, it, it was box office. The ratings were through the roof. Uh, It was good for the NBA. LeBron took his talents to South Beach. And I mean, who wouldn't want to be in Miami uh, as opposed to Cleveland? (laughs) There's no knock on Cleveland. But hey, I mean, you know, Miami's warm year round. It's a beautiful place. Um, But, you know, the the scrutiny was there. And uh, this team, this big three made it to... um, it was four finals and they won two and they almost came up on the short end of the stick uh, had it not been for a corner three ball from Ray Allen. Uh, 
against the Spurs in the finals, they would have been one and what one and four, one and three, excuse me. But they finished two and two as far as finals, finals records and appearances. Um, but uh, you know, every year that they were together, they made the finals. So that was four years. So you you can't knock that winning two championships. LeBron wins his first championship, uh, and you know again. That's nothing to sneeze at. That was a great time for the league, a great time for LeBron. And it it set him, you know, apart from everybody else, because, you know, at that particular time, that was a knock that, you know, was LeBron going to get ever get it to make it to the finals and win? I mean, he had made it to the finals, but was was he ever going to win a ring? Um, And, you know, it's kind of interesting, though, looking back on it. I I think me and, and. uh, tons of other fans of the NBA would have loved to have seen a LeBron Kobe final. Um, we never got that, and you know, that's a little disappointing. Uh, but nevertheless, man, I think you've got three Hall of Famers here. Uh, you know, some people kind of question Bosch, but I think Bosch was an All Star before he got to Miami. Uh, obviously, he was an All Star once they teamed up. And, you know, Bosch, Bosch, excuse me, Bosch, he held his own even after LeBron left. So, you know, he probably would still be doing his thing had he not, uh, you know, had health issues. And he still hasn't at the time of this recording still has not officially, quote unquote, retired. So uh, Wade, you know, he did his thing. Wade won before LeBron got there. Perennial all star Olympian, the whole nine. Um, His place is solidified. These three are from, you know, the famous 2003 NBA draft. And, um, you know, LeBron is obviously, you know, one of the greatest ever. So positions, excuse me, position is solidified. And and I have them at number six. Number five, Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. Uh this was the first big three in Golden State. Um, and these three meshed perfectly. Uh, they they were something else to watch. Uh, and I think had they not <laughs> choked away <laughs> a 3-1 lead, they'd probably be higher on my list. Um but Curry and Thompson, I mean, three the, the Splash Brothers, they set three-point records. Um, Draymond Green made himself. And I, I remember seeing Draymond Green when he was in college at Michigan State. If you had told me then that he would be this kind of player, I would have told you that you were crazy. Uh, you know, obviously, obviously things start with him on the defensive end, but, you know, they introduced the idea of small ball. Uh, going small in that death lineup. Um, and again, you know, they were able to make it to the finals uh, and win and defeat Cleveland. Uh, and then the next year, they went 73 and 9, uh, setting an NBA regular season record for wins. So they had the best record in the NBA twice, two finals uh, appearances, and one championship. Uh, it would have been perfect for them had they uh, won after being up 3-1. But Draymond punches, you know, LeBron in the nuts. Uh, he gets suspended. 
Cleveland comes back. Cleveland comes back. They win. They win. And then you go to game seven. And Golden State went lemon booty. And Cleveland took the title. And you cannot knock the Cavs for that. They took the title on the strength of LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love. And so, again, this big three for the Golden State Warriors, I can't knock them. And one of the things that people lose sight of, and I always bring this up when people start talking about Golden State, when you look at Steph Curry, when you look at Klay Thompson, when you look at Draymond Green, the three of them have something in common. They were all drafted by the Golden State Warriors. So this is homegrown talent. And I think that goes a long way because that gets lost. But I don't know that that's going to happen or we we will see this type of talent uh, drafted and retained in a while. You know, we saw uh, OKC draft Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant and James Harden, but they couldn't keep it together. And. Ironically, all three of them went on to win MVP. Uh, But that's beside the point. But, you know, these three were drafted by the Warriors. And so I remember back then when they were on the rise, people talked about them as a big three and as a super team. But I didn't really consider them to be a super team because they were all drafted by the same team at this particular time. No, they weren't a super team at all. Um, So, yeah, man, number five. And they could have been higher if they (laughs) didn't choke away a 3-1 lead. Uh, Number five, Golden State Warriors. Number four, Boston Celtics. Kevin McHale. Robert Parrish, Larry Joe Bird. Man, listen. Um, if you want to talk about <laughs> a Mount Rushmore big threes, uh, as far as front courts, I mean that that's the Mount Rushmore right there. <laughs> there might not have been a better front court um, in the history of the NBA. Uh, these three were incredible. Um, they did it in such a way that it was so. If you weren't a Celtics fan, it was frustrating because you knew you couldn't beat them. I mean, like you just knew you couldn't beat them unless you were maybe the Lakers, maybe the Sixers. But on a night to night basis, you couldn't beat the Celtics because they were going to rip your heart out, throw it on the ground, stomp on it and kick it in the stands. And they didn't care. They weren't. I mean, like they were just so much. You couldn't deal with Robert Parrish on the block. He was physical. He would block shots. And, you know, if he didn't like you, he would karate chop you in your throat. Shout out to Bill Lane Beer. <laughs> Kevin McHale had some of the sweetest post moves you would ever see in your entire life. And Larry Bird is one of the greatest small forwards, one of the greatest players to ever played the game. He's in my top 10, right? So you just, you couldn't do anything with him, man. I mean, like, on a night-to-night basis, you would think you could be up by 15, 
And here they come. <laughs> here they come. And Bird would be passing. He'd be shooting. He'd be talking trash. And there was nothing that you could do. McHale in the post. Uh, you know, Parrish controlled the paint. There was literally nothing that you could do. And you could see them rip the heart out of most teams most nights. The only team that I saw them play that that really wasn't afraid of them, well, actually, but two, uh, the Sixers in the 80s and the 80s, obviously, Showtime Lakers, they weren't afraid. Um, even those Pistons teams that came and got them like later in the 80s, you know, the bad boys, they had to get through Boston. And finally, once they got over the hump, they weren't afraid. But initially, they were afraid. I mean, because you just knew. And, and going, going to Boston, trying to get a win? Psh, shit. That ain't happening. <laughs> the leprechaun was real. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, they had, you know, they won titles. And they played against some of the greatest competition in, in the NBA history. So I've got them at number four. Number three. Golden State Warriors. Klay Thompson. Stephen Curry. Kevin Durant. It's still early, right? But if they can stay together, this big three could move from three to one. Um, all of them, future Hall of Famers, uh, arguably the greatest shooter, <laughs> definitely the greatest three-point shooter I've ever seen. Uh, and Clay is probably in the top five as far as three-point shooting that I've ever seen. And Kevin Durant currently is the second best player in the game, right behind LeBron. Um, I don't know what to say about this. I mean, like it is, it is, it's scary offensively what they do, and and they really don't get a lot of credit for what they do defensively because adding Kevin Durant, they've become even better defensively. Uh, Steph Curry's still a liability on defense, but you know he he's doing better. But this team, man, I honestly I don't the the way that you stop these three is that you have to dismantle them. If they financially commit to this team, the Warriors, and the Warriors financially commit to them, it's it's going to be hard for them to be beaten. Um, and you all know what happened. I mean, the aforementioned 73-win season, they go to the finals, they run into LeBron, they're up 3-1 over the Cavs, and they go lemon booty. And so the following summer, they say, okay, hey, we're going to go and recruit Kevin Durant. Now, a lot of people have a problem with the fact that Kevin Durant had had a 3-1 lead on that particular Warriors team. And he decided to join them. (laughs) But like it or not, like I said about LeBron, he was a free agent. You may not like the move, but he was a free agent. I get it. Would I have done it? Hell no. But at the same time, if Kevin Durant never wins a ring, we'd probably clown him like we clown Carmelo. But that's beside the point. Um, Nonetheless, man, this team, 
you know, the word gets thrown around super team and uh, <laughs> you can't ignore it. But the facts are the facts. This team is, I don't want it, 32 and six in the postseason with two NBA championships in nine finals games. I mean, Kevin Durant has been the difference. He he has really been the difference. He this version of their big three. And I notice <laughs> we had to push Draymond out of this big three because he's not in it. It's just it's Durant, it's Curry, and it's Clay Thompson. And at the time of this recording, we don't know what's going to happen as far as you know how they're going to do it financially. Uh, but you know if they keep these three together. I don't know, man. I mean, barring injury, you know, and again, I know what you're thinking. This big three has only been together two years, but I have to put them higher because look at what they've done. They've destroyed the competition. I mean, let's just let's just keep it a book. They've destroyed the competition again. Thirty two and six in the postseason, two NBA championships, nine finals games. That's it. That's it. So, I, I don't know, man. It, it's it's going to be tough. Barring injury, barring, you know, somebody deciding to, you know, sell drugs and, or fight dogs. Uh, <laughs> this big three, man, is gonna, it's going to be tough for you to supplant them. I got them at number three. Number two. Chicago Bulls, Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Um, man, this big three was incredible. I think if they had played together longer, Chicago definitely would have won more than six rings. Uh, keep in mind, they, this particular big three only played together for three years, but they won three titles back to back to back, which is an accomplishment in and of itself. Um, the trio of Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman, I mean, let's just keep it real. They featured the greatest, arguably the greatest player of all time, arguably the greatest rebounder of all time and arguably the greatest sidekick of all time. <laughs> and I'm not, I mean, I'm, it's, I don't mean that as a diss. I mean, in all respect to Scottie Pippen, because you could make a case that during that time, Scottie Pippen was the, I mean, not only was he the ultimate sidekick, but he was like maybe the second or third best player in the NBA. And, all three of them in the 95-96 season made the all-defensive team. And that's where they people, – people don't understand. That's where they took their pride in, defense, because the defense would always turn to offense. Phil would just let them loose. He would just let them loose. And, I mean, like, there was literally nothing that you could do with Rodman. Rodman could go out, party all night. Get drunk, get high, whatever he was doing, dress, put, you know, put on a dress, and he was coming to the arena the next night to kick your ass. And that's what he did. And you couldn't stop this team. You just could you couldn't stop them. And 
unfortunately, the only thing that stopped him was Jordan retiring. That's it. If Jordan doesn't retire, if they don't get written, you know, not re-sign Phil, who knows? Who knows? We'll never know. But I tell you what, man, when you talk about a cold team, this team was cold as ice. This big three right here, um, you could put them in any era, they would hold their own. I got them at number two. Coming in at number one, James, Worthy, Kareem, Abdul-Jabbar, Irvin, Magic, Johnson. Showtime Lakers, man. Um, This collection of big three, I think, (laughs) if you weren't around to see the Showtime Lakers, you just missed it. It's really hard for me to put into words what you missed, but you just really, really missed it. Um, they had magic there. They had, they bring in Kareem. I mean, they had, they had Kareem there. They draft magic. They bring in James worthy and they really became the gold standard for big threes for nearly, you know, three decades. This is, this is the standard. Uh, they were dominant. They were unstoppable. They ran the floor. They played well and they mesh well together. Um, they played together for seven seasons. They made the finals six times in those seven seasons, and they won three three rings. Um, Magic Johnson, you know, <laughs> what can I say about Magic? He is, in my opinion, you know, second greatest player in, in the game, uh, to play the game. Um, and I say that with all due respect. I mean, Magic was just, Magic was just so phenomenal, man. I mean, he was just so cold. You can make a case, even if you don't have Magic that high, if you've got Magic in your top five, you Kareem, the all-time scorer. You, the, he had the shot that nobody could block, the sky hook. A lot of people hold Kareem as the greatest NBA player to ever play the game. Then you had big game James Worthy, who lived up to the name. He was big game. I mean, like, you really could not do anything with him 15, 18 feet, Moves around the basket, everything. And again, unless you were a Celtics fan, (laughs) Showtime Lakers were fun to watch, man. And this big three, again, they set the standard. Uh, So, yeah, there you have it. That is my top ten big threes of all time. Hit me up in the comments section. Let me know what yours are. That's going to do it for me. Thanks again for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.